Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Good evening, sweet pleasure seekers. So wondering you here this evening with me as we are talking about celebrating genitals. I had to do that in a strange accent because it, that's how it came out, guys. That's just, that's just what happened. So, why would we, what, what is celebrating genitals? Why are we talking about this at Christmas? Oh, why not? It's a celebration time of year. It's like Yuletide, Crotchtide, it's aim. Not really. That's going to just create a lot of offense for people, I'm sure. If you're offended, cool. Just think about it. Why are you so offended? Okay. So, what we're going to be talking about tonight is different cults around the world. We're going to be talking about our bodies. We're going to be talking about celebrating for the sake of celebrating, because why not? So for those of you who are brand spanking new to this uh, particular show, The Pleasure Zone, or brand spanking new to Inspired Choices Network, first, you have found something awesome. There are many amazing shows on this station. Um, and if you're coming across this wild and wacky show called The Pleasure Zone, you're in for a super treat because I have like 210 episodes in my archives that you can go back and enjoy, um, perhaps be confused by, perhaps be enticed by, perhaps be stimulated by. You never know what's going to occur with all those past episodes. I've had some reports about stimulation and confusion and extend anger, all of those. I've had a lot of emotional response, so pretty darn cool. So I one of the things I like to in the world is multiple different ways to bring bodies ease and pleasure. And so I do it in whatever ways that I can come up with, whether it's talking to you guys about your body, whether it's doing the body work that I do or the energy work that I do. But literally my for this incarnation is bringing pleasure to bodies in various different ways. It doesn't always mean that it's going to be uh, like a great big sexual orgy, but you know sometimes it might feel like that. It's just one of those fun things where your body can have more fun and more. And you know we're actually on this planet with these sensory organs, you know these multiple organ systems slapped together that are bodies that actually have multiple ways of getting sensations to have pleasure or pain or we have these responses in our bodies that can be emotional. It's an amazing thing that we have. I love playing with the idea that we can have more pleasure on this planet. And celebration is one way of having more pleasure, you know. Well, for some people, some people don't like celebrating so much. Um, my husband, who happens to be sitting to me right now, he's not the biggest celebrator of all times. Like, like he's not like into the big parties and stuff. So celebrating for him is like, it's all internal. So everybody celebrates in their own way. So celebrating doesn't have to be like a massive external expression where you're having, a, you know, mega parties or festivals or parades, but it can be. And I'm actually talking about some of the strange and wonderful celebrations and parades that occur around the world, all based around nudity, penises, vaginas, and fabulous things. And like, why would we talk about this? Like, what is the point? So, one of the things that I find is that we tend to um, a lot of, well, I guess negative energy would be one of the ways to describe it. We tend to be kind of insulting, unkind, and almost cruel, uh, especially to people's genitals. They get hidden a lot, and when they come out of hiding, there can be a lot of judgment. There's a lot of, oh, that's gross, or even. For ourselves, we might look at our own gender, wow, that's weird and gross or strange or blah, blah, blah. So, you know, whatever energy on something will actually create that in 
in your life, right? So your thoughts create your reality. So if your thought is your genitals are ugly, guess what? You are going to both feel ugly about that, create ugliness in that body part. You're going to attract people who also find your body ugly. It's funny, but like does match like, and you will create with your thoughts. So if you actually start to enjoy your body, celebrate it, and kind of look at it in a more kind way, guess what? You're going to receive that too. So part of celebrating genitals in general, genitals in general, is actually more about you starting to create an energy about you, a vibration about you that's conducive to receiving even in your life. And we're going to start today with genitals because it is a highly overlooked area which you would think may not be the case with the amount of pornography available on the planet and the amount of people sending, you know, uh, dick pics uh, via Facebook or vulva pics via Facebook. Because I could tell you I could plaster my wall and dick pics and vulva pics. I get them all. I get videos too. And it's just, you know, it's just like, wow, okay, so there's be a bit of a vulgarity about it, like in your face, here's my genitals. Um but if you're actually in this as like a celebration of body, there's a very different energy behind it. A celebration of body and also life-giving body parts. So, I mean, your entire body together operates to to actually create more life. But it is, you know, when we think about reproductive organs, that those are the specific organs that are, are involved in creation and life. And if we're celebrating life creation, then we could be celebrating genitals as well. Usually, um, usually main time of year where a lot of festivals for genitals would be around the springtime. So whether it's time in, in the northern hemisphere or springtime in the southern hemisphere, um, it's really about birth, uh, birthing times and that's generally associated with the spring. But I'm talking about it at Christmas because I think, you know, celebrating is you know, we're already kind of in a spirit of celebration. Uh, a lot of different cultures celebrating things right now between Hanukkah, Christmas. We've got other festivals going on for different cultures and religions. So why not throw in some genital celebration while we're at it? Right? Why not? Why not? So so for those of you who um, you know, maybe don't read as many crazy stories as I do uh, and don't look up you know, I do some really weird research, so I look up really strange and interesting. And this show was actually inspired by uh, something that came out of a book. So uh, there's a book out in the world called Pussy, a Reclamation. And on a great adventure, I just took with my sweet and dear friend, Christine McIver, who's actually the CEO of Inspired Choices Network. She also has a show on the station called Inspired Choices. Um, on our great and crazy adventures across um, the northern United States, we were listening, uh, in part, partially listening to uh, see a reclamation. And one of the things that uh, Mama Gina talks about on is the celebration of women's genitals and how there are actually celebrations around the world that still go on today um, that are reminiscent of certain goddess um, they're kind of have like the there's there's mythologies in countries that have certain then there are celebrations now that still tap into some of the uh, the different kind of beliefs that those mythologies brought up some of the the beliefs for example are like the mythology of uh and I, I'm going to have to look up the name of this but there's a mythology of um I think it was Dieter and she had a daughter, daughter Persephone, and I got to get my Greek mythology straight in my head. Um, but Hades, I guess, was Persephone, and really, really wanted to have Persephone go down and live with him um, down in the depths. And uh, somehow or other, you know, the story is kind of long, but the gist of it is, is that Persephone goes down, and when she goes down, all, all the life and all the happiness. Uh, left Demeter and so all those on the planet started to go down and when you look at seasons it's like that would be the season of when the kind of the things go into hibernation and you know, all the trees their leaves fall off and changes of the season 
And so Greek mythology, they said that that it took, for Demeter was so sad that it took a slave that actually showed her genitals to her and made Demeter laugh so hard that joy came back to Demeter and Persephone was able to come and spend time uh, in the upper world rather than the underworld. And so then we have spring and so we have all these seasons uh, thanks to this slave woman who flashed Demeter way back in mythology uh, and brought her so much joy and laughter through showing her pussy to to Demeter, which is pretty wild. If we can change the seasons thanks to the laughter of the genitals, what else can we do? You know, to my lady friends out there who, like, if there's drought in your area, I just dare you to go out in the field, flush your genitals to the clouds. Um, you know, do be aware that Google's got mapping systems out there. Google Earth might hone in on you as you're flashing the clouds. But hey, celebration. If you're cool with it and people are trying to find your address and they happen to find that picture of you flying the clouds and it just makes them smile. One more smile on the planet. How's it get better than that? And you got more people smiling and more things changing. I think it's a pretty nifty idea. So I kind of dare everybody to uh, take that time. Just flash your pussy to the world, flash it to the clouds. You know, especially if you've got drought going on to change the weather. You know, you get a clan of women out there. Back in the day, you know, there were, you know, pagan times, let's talk about. People would have rituals like that. It wasn't so weird. It wasn't so strange. And, you know, making love in the fields on, on you know, May 1st or whatever it was, um, was actually considered the thing to do. You should be showing nature how to procreate and create life. And that was, and basically you're making love in the fields. You are flashing your pussy to the earth while you're at it. So good times had by all. So for those of you who haven't read Pussy, a Reclamation, I dare you to go out and get it uh, other, you know, in a, in a handheld copy or in, um, on Audible, it's awesome Audible to listen to Mama Gina talking about uh, pussy, and um, I'm giving her some, some. Uh, I guess I'm giving her an, a commercial now. <laughs> I'm giving Mama Gina a commercial uh, to talk about that she actually has an event going on in New York in February where she um, talks about her School of Womanly Arts, which really does get you in uh, becoming friends with your pussy, especially if you've had trauma in your life or if you've uh you know felt some kind of disdain about your body whether it was your own or people's projections put on you and you started to buy you were gross to thinking and bad whatever it is you know what if now is the time to change it and she's pretty you know awesome at that her take on um the beauty of pussy is awesome and she's quite an inspiration so she is a she is a great example of celebrate celebration of your genitals. She's got some fabulous ideas on that. So why on earth do people celebrate these things, you know? And there are actually celebrations of penises around the world too because guess what? It's not just women's genitals that have been seen as pretty awesome throughout history. We've got a whole slew of men's festivals that go on as well. And they're pretty spectacular, I have to say. They're, there's a really big one that occurs um, every year in Japan, just out of Tokyo. Um, there's a festival, and I will get the correct name for that, but there's a festival that that occurs every year, and they bring out this giant, uh, I think it's called the Iron Penis. This, that's the translation in English. It's like Iron Penis, and they bring out this giant sculpture of it. It's like 20 feet high, and um, there's penis candies and people wearing... Um, penis glasses and you know it's like everything penis related um and it's really supposed to be like a celebration of the worship of the penis and asking for things like stds to go away um it, it's it's they don't see how old this celebration is or how it goes back but it's definitely a current celebration that's very similar to a lot of some of the older um celebrations from thousands of years ago yes this one is called Kanamara Matsuri. Thank you. Thank you for looking that up. So it's a fun, it's a fun thing that actually, that still goes on every year, and people are going to it from all over the world. Pretty wild and crazy, and there are giant like 
tree logs shaped like penises that you can sit on a picture taken on and celebrating the penis. So awesome and wonderful. And I'm a huge fan of the penis. So maybe one day I'm going to make it to that festival. So it's actually a Shinto festival that's held spring. Um, it's, and they change, the dates change all the time, but the main festivity is usually on a Sunday in April. And the phallus, which is a penis, is the central theme of the event. So, yeah, you can get anything like candies, vegetables, food, you name it, is all in the giant the giant penis parade, which is crazy and awesome. So that's just a little to leave with you for a minute. As I uh, just want to let you guys know, we're going to head off to our first commercial break and that you're listening to The Plown here on Inspired Choices Network. And I'll be right back with you after this commercial break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Hi, everyone. Well, I was just so excited thinking about going on my World Adventures to New York to the <laughs> to the Pussy a Reclamation story. Uh, I uh, completely and totally forgot that I had was to talk. <laughs> there you go. I got a little sidetracked. So you can just imagine that that sidetrack is probably going to some pretty interesting topics over the next few months as I'm getting all psyched up for that, which is February 9th um, in New York. So I'm going. If you're going, that would be so cool. I just wear a giant sign. It's me from the plush zone. Find me. There's going to be thousands of women there. It's going to be outright, outrageous. So, so pussy in general, thing that we've definitely avoided. I know that I did for most of my life. It was kind of something I didn't get, didn't really want to bring out that that uh, you know mirror and a lot of bring out the mirror and just look at your blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, no, no, no. And I was part of women's groups, and I was fascinated and fascinated by sex and fascinated by bodies, fascinated by other people's bodies, was not very interested in my own. But uh, in the last few years, I've begun to be able to receive and perceive the beauty of my body, um, receive and perceive the beauty of uh, my pussy and others' pussies as well. And I think it's a pretty amazing thing. And no wonder throughout history that there's been depictions of pussies all over the place, whether it's been on, you know, walls of cave drawings. There's there's a a cave drawing that has a giant pussy that's actually, uh, has like energy lines or something, looks like waves or energy lines going out to male hunters. So the energy of pussy was actually feeding um, and strengthening the... So people have believed for a very long time in power of the pussy, Pussy, my friends, I mean, heck, it's incredible. The muscles themselves, just a physiological um, creation that the muscles can assist in birthing. Uh, they can assist in assist orgasmic um, 
you know, energies coming through your body. They can create, can they create life, but they can also begin to transform and heal a lot of sadness, grief, a lot of, it's strange, but pussy can hold a lot of emotion, whether it's been from you know, our lifetimes of abuse or whatever, but we can hide a lot of things in there. She's this beautiful cave that we can hide treasures in and we can hide sadness, sorrow, pain, and why not celebrate that, this gift of where we hide things? You know, we also hide things in our anus, but that's a whole day. So there's a, a really cool book um, called The Story of V, A Natural History of Female Sexuality, and it was written by Catherine Blackledge. Um, and, and it talks about how there's a, how, there's like a tradition of skirt lifting, anasuromi, suromai. Uh, it was once thought to ward off evil and increase crop yields. Sim- similar to what I was talking about with Beltane, where it, you know people would go out to fields, make love, and then show the earth and remind the earth of how to have better, uh, how to have crops. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of neat. So there is also um, in Catherine Black Blackwedge's book too. She points out that 17th century drink mugs used to sport depictions of Satan cowering at the sight of an exposed vagina. Well, vagina is not really technically the correct word, and it kind of drives me up the wall. Uh, v as in vulva, yes. Um, it's really hard to expose a vagina. It's the internal part of the organ. So you'd kind of have to like stick a tube in the um, telescopic kind of tube to kind of go in and look at all the, from the opening onto the cervix. You kind of have to look at that. Um, so that would be your vagina. The whole outer part, which you might be flashing to the universe, is actually your vulva, uh, a.k.a. pussy. So we're going to refer to it as both in this show. I just really do like the word vulva. I think kind of lovely, but not everybody's cool on it because they think it's too technical. And that's all good with me. So, so if you can imagine that people, and this is only 300 ago, uh, still knew and had the kind of um, belief that pussy's powerful. And we believe that it's so powerful. Even to this day, there's power in the whole idea of virginity, which is all virginity is contained in your pussy, not contained in your mouth, your anus, your eyeballs. Your virginity is contained inside your pussy, ladies. It's actually, you know, virginity is the breaking of the hymen technically. So, it's really strange, but technically there's like men don't have hymen, so they can't technically be virgins. It's weird. Um, that's a whole other for another day if we're going into the technicality of virginity. Um, so women can be all internal and it's all uh, contained. The magic of virginity and the power of that's all contained in your pussy, but so is the magic of creation and the magic of orgasm and all of that all contained in your pussy. And the beauty of orgasm is you can be a virgin and have an orgasm. How does it get any better than that? So you can have multiple interesting powers going on at the same time in your pussy if you choose it. Just say, yay, choose it. So so to know that, to know there was this love knowing, whether it was about the physiology of bodies or whether it was, I mean, he started to kind of understand me more. Um, by then, there was a lot of anatomical drawings, and people were using cadavers by that point to try and understand anatomy. Um, so there was an understanding of it, but on the energetic level, there was definitely there's a definitely like an knowing in human beings that there's power in the pussy, and we've known that for centuries, and we've been depicting it all over the place for centuries. Like all across Europe, there have been depictions of um, goddesses basically um some people just refer to them as naked women but truly they're like goddesses called shilana gigs and shilas are all over the place in europe they're they are actually these inner these these depictions of goddesses where she's basically in the, once i used to have a shila as a goddess i don't know if i still have she was like a clay goddess that i used to have on my altar and um in my home I used to do a lot of goddess dancing and worship and stuff. And so I had this Sheila goddess, and she uh, had like a kind of a, a face of a woman who looks like she's about to kill you. Um, my Sheila had like 
like sharp teeth and like a like almost snake like face and she was like ah, like she looked like she could kill and she would hold her genitals open so her genitals were frontal they weren't like underneath so they were fully exposed and placed anatomically incorrectly on the front of her body and um she would hold her lip open uh trying to fully expose as much as she could and the, the images of her are are of her kind of like in this power potency pose where she looks like she's ready to kill and holding her genitals open. And a lot of people found them sort of erotic. Some people found them disturbing. Um, but for the most part, yes, you'll you'll find a pretty cool Sheila pretty much anywhere, any country in Europe, anywhere from, I think found them as far north as, as uh, Iceland all the way down, you know, right into the Mediterranean um, Probably even as far as, well, I can't say for sure. I haven't heard of them as far as Turkey, but um, that's kind of getting more into the Middle East. But I know actually in the village where my dad grew up, one of the oldest goddess um, depictions was found there. And she was uh, more like, uh, she wasn't Gollendorf, which is a basically a large goddess. She's like big hips, big goddess. Um, she wasn't that goddess, Willendorf. Uh, per se, but she was kind of one of those. And there were other goddess uh, images that were found there that were like five, ten thousand years old. Um, so that's a pretty a pretty bizarre area of Europe. It's kind of my dad is from um, a northern province in the former Yugoslavia, bordering Hungary, and they had all these fabulous images of uh, vaults around, which was unusual. Now, like nowadays, uh, it, the whole area is basically different brands of Christianity. Brands, do you like that? <laughs> and so there's Orthodox, uh, Orthodox people there. There's some Catholics. There's um, offshoots of different religions, but mostly, mostly Christianity going on. And so for them to have unearthed these depictions of goddesses um, and first not hide it, they actually admitted it. I think would have actually in the last, you know, 40, 50 years when that got unearthed would have been kind of shocking um, to a lot of the locals uh, to actually kind of have to. And I think some of these gorgeous kind of force people to confront uh, the fact that they have genitals and hide it because these Sheilas are not hiding their genitals. And I quite kind of love that, I quite kind of love that people... Um, you know, can get disturbed by a vulva. They can just be like, wow, oh my God, that's frightening. Um, so in the chat room, the question is, why did we start calling it the vagina? Honestly, it's because we're ridiculous. Um, somewhere along the way, we tried to get proper with our language of bodies and we were trying to learn anatomy, you know, in the last 50, 60 years. Um, prior to that, you know, even in the late 1800s, not a lot of women would have referred to their pussies or their vulvas very much. Like, there wasn't a lot of talk about it, especially, you're talking Victorian English. They discussed it as a hygiene purpose with maybe doctors, very rarely in a civil company. Even in the last 20 years, 20 or 30 years, uh, around the time of the vagina monologues coming out, um, in the U.S., there was a woman, a senator, had brought up the word vagina um, in reference to something that was going on. It was actually relevant to vaginas. It was had something to do with health. And she was removed from from uh, the discussion. Um, she was, it was made public that she was vulgar. The people who were in meeting with her basically said that what she said was so vulgar that they couldn't repeat it in um, in the company of other women. <laughs> Vagina, guys, this is the word that has disturbed people for a very long time. So it's not of a and and it may have been properly used. She might have been talking about the internal organs, which I believe she was, um, or not organs. And uh, yeah, the vulva in general. I think we're just so afraid of it that when we found a word, we went, oh, we'll just call it that. It just seems more pleasant. The vulva sounds almost vulgar, so we've got to call it something else. And so we've had to make nicknames just to avoid what what it is. I mean, 
every part of the body is actually a nickname somebody invented. call it respiratory system because, you know, it's from the Latin or French, uh, respire, to like breathe. You know, we have these words and we just invent them, all invented. So we could have just called it anything. We could have called it a, a squat bottler and that would be our squat bottler for all we know. Just a word. And how much could we just have calling it, you know, whatever is fun for us. So in Pussy Reclamation, she really is reclaiming the word pussy just as a very fun, express word to describe um, the vulva in general. So, yeah, so, uh, so we did it in order to be able to handle it, not to get to be intimate with it. Essentially, just got to be able to handle the vagina some way to have a discussion about something. And like I was telling you guys about in another one of my episodes recently was that I've had a client in the last few years uh, who are, you know, in their 70s or 80s and they still, to this day, uh, cannot say what, you know, if they have an infection in their vagina or they have an itchy vulva, they can't say it. They just, it's a thigh. Um, and that's one person, but they're more than more than that. Uh, and some of them are only a few years older than me, and they've actually had a very hard time saying it too. Like, it's such a hidden mystery. It's such it's been created as so much shame and disgust that it's like you can't even say it. You can't even admit you have one. Bizarre to me. It's got mucous membranes just like your nose, but you're willing to admit you got a nose. Freaks. Anyway, I could go on a rampage about that for a while, so I won't. I'm actually going to just settle down with that. And I'm going to um, remind you guys, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Now. And we're going to head off to a commercial break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question. Always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich, and today we're talking about celebrating our genitals. Genital celebration. So in Hindu philosophy, it's actually a pretty, um, it's one that you guys might even be aware of. Uh, they refer to the vulva as the yoni in Hindu philosophy, in Tantra specifically, uh, and it's considered the origin of life, our 
uh, India's most famous sexual text, the Kama Sutra, referred to the yoni as a sacria, a pad of pleasure. It even is referred to as an occult religion worthy of reverence and a symbol of the cosmic mysteries. There are actually statues um, throughout India where there's um, there are yonis that have milk and honey poured on them. And there are people who actually have milk and honey poured on them too. So sometimes, um, yes, you could actually have the milk poured onto a woman's uh, vulva um, and her mixing with her juices and you could drink it. And it's considered a bit of a, a remedy of sorts. It's, it's like an elixir of health and life. And reportedly, it's like the older the woman is, the more elixir of life she has. So there's some pretty interesting stories about uh, yonis and vulvas around the world. And one of them is from the Hawaiian goddess of fertility. And she had a detachable rape-preventing vagina. According to the myth, Kapu's uh, Sterpele was being pursued by Kamapua'a, a figure who's visualized as half-man, half-pig. And while Pele showed no interest in his advances, Kamapua'a persisted and eventually tried to force himself on her. Seeing Pele was in danger, Kapo sought to distract, to distract Kamapua'a in the only way she knew how, by detaching her vagina from her body and sending it his way. Here you go, take my vagina. And the plan worked. Distracted by the sun smell, Kamapua'a left Pele and followed the flying vagina all the way to the southern tip of Oahu. Isn't that cool? Just detachable vagina. I will distract people with my detachable vagina, energetically or otherwise. I think she's so fun. Uh, vaginas, though, haven't always been considered symbols of strength, though. Like, there are some stories where, you know, the position of the organ means punishment. So the story of Indra's curse. And according to that Hindu scripture, Indra, king of the gods, seduced a young married woman named Alya, her husband eventually caught them in the act and cursed Indra by making thousands of female genitals appear on his body. To add insult to injury, the guy decided to snatch away his manhood too. So there you go. So it was kind of a curse to have multiple vaginas. Multiple yonis, well, I think it would be both. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of stories. The Maori have stories as well that according to their mythology... Inanui Tepo was immortal, and her enemy, Maui, intended to rob her of this gift by transforming into a worm, bringing her body through her vagina and escaping through her mouth. But the plan was foiled by a flock of birds that followed Maui to en route to the goddess. Following the situation, <laughs> situation ridiculous, the birds began to laugh and woke Hinanui Tepo, and she did to take revenge on Maui by slamming her thighs together, crushing him. And the guest hero in Maori mythology was killed by a Kegel exercise. Isn't that fantastic? The vagina. Also a curse. Also a blessing. Also, you know, something to worship. Something feared. Feared because of its potency, guys. Like, there's all of these stories. The main, the main uh, kind of culmination of it is the potency. Uh, to celebrate the potency of your genitals. There's a lot of other. I'd also like to talk about some of the male stories too, the mythology of the penis and uh, its awesomeness as well. Because I love me some penis. Penis is a beautiful, a wonderful thing. And so, so what I was mentioning to you guys, one of those stories of uh, of the the festivals that we were talking about, the kind of the kind of Mura Matsuri. I apologize if I'm like totally making these words really crappy. Yeah, there there are also there's a Greek one that's really quite funny. The Greek is <laughs> the Greek one is actually a festival um in it is in a little um like in a little tiny village and just for a day at these giant penises and it's only been going on for about 120 years or so and they you know you can get knighted by giant penises and they have rocking horses made of giant penises that you can sit on and all kinds of crazy fun so the also 
there were Greek gods, like the Greek god of fertility was depicted with a penis disorder. Um, there's lots of different things involved penises, but also the celebration of penises throughout history. There were, there were actually a bunch of uh, Egyptian gods who, or at least one that I can think of, there was a story, oh, sorry, it was an Egyptian king. There was a story of an Egyptian king, and I think I talked about this on my shows before, that um, he, I think it was once a year, he would just get up in front of all of his kingdom and he would show his genitals and masturbate. And it was like a big giant celebration of the penis. It was a great big uh, worship of that. In Hindu, just like they have the word yoni, they have lingam, which is the celebration of, of the penis. And they do have statues of, of penises, like stone statues. Uh, you can have miniature ones as well. The store I used to work at that was a, a um, in Toronto that was a very, kind of a spiritual store was one that I uh, that we actually sold some of those at. We sold like little pieces of that. So that was kind of cool. I'm just checking because my I I kind of just lost something on my computer and now I'm back. So that's really cool. I was like, oh, I wasn't sure if I was talking, but I was. Yay. That's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, what happened? My whole computer froze and I don't know what's going on. But it's all good now because it's not frozen anymore and I'm not lost and confused and I'm not feeling scared and alone because I know that I have a yoni in my life and if I really need a good laugh, I'll just flash myself and I'll feel okay. So some of the other, some of the other crazy and amazing uh, festivals of celebration of penises are throughout the world just as much as there are depictions of the womb there are also depictions and you might have seen these as well in some like cave type drawings for those of you who ever look at history images sometimes you'll find like these little tiny guys who are like you know one eighth the size of their giant penis and there's there's usually some pretty awesome fertility stories with that too and warriors too there have been warriors throughout history who would go naked, you know, to really manhood and your manliness. You fight naked. You also would wrestle naked, you know. So that's a big way of showing your manhood as well. So there's on thing called the alternate. There are there is the brief history of penis worship and also the brief history of uh, vulva slash they call it vagina worship. So if you do want more information, kind of fun to check that out. And I will, I'm will i actually going to give you guys more information on the penis worship, but I do realize that we're coming up to break again just because for some reason I'm uh, like running behind on my breaks and it's kind of cray-cray. So I want to say thanks for listening, guys. It's awesome. And you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choice Network. And we're going to head off to a commercial break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? One of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created? Well, I wrote this book for you. In it, you'll find tools, processes, and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how. In it, you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world that changes not only our lives, but by being us, allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work. Are you aware that truly great people 
truly being them is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet. Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to be one? Check out a copy of my new book, Being You, Changing the World. I invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. We're talking about celebrating genitals, and now we're talking, moving on to like one of my most favorite specs, penises. So here we go. There's actually a lot of penis worship throughout the world, and most you'll find it in most. Like I mentioned before, um, I did mention just before we went to break about the lingam in Hindu mythology. I'll just give you guys some background on that. In Hindu mythology, it holds that when Shiva, the god of destruction, was killed. The goddess Kali ripped out and ate his organs and then mounted his strecked penis to complete the cycle of creation. Today, Shiva is represented by lingam, or penis, for worship in temples. And there's a city called Varanasi, which draws thousands of pilgrims each year to bathe in the sacred waters of the Ganges. But it's also a place where there's loads of uh, penis depictions and temples erected to uh, to Lord Shiva. So there's some fun information. If you're looking for crazy things to watch, you can find uh, something called the Dickumentary. There is a lot of cool information in there, and I am going to try and locate that. I've seen reference to it in a few things, and I still have not had a chance to watch it. So this is just note to myself. Watch the Dickumentary. And there's, um, yeah, there's so there's been a lot of different places, like in Shinto religion in Japan, Shinto uh, is basically a religion based on a bunch of native beliefs, a collection of native beliefs and mythology um, that's given uh, rise to shrine culture. So uh, what are shrines? Basically, like most houses or little cities would have, like little towns would have a shrine, like a little temple erected uh, in worship to different things. So uh, the Honen Matsuri is one of Japan's many festivals. Uh, where, you know, they parade at the phallus. That's the one festival. Um, then there's another one that highlights a row of unmarried women carrying small phalluses in their arms, asking those in the crowd for blessings of marriage and fertility. And like processions were actually found common around, especially the Dionysic inspirations, in other words, Greek. They were meant to symbolize coming of spring and fertility. While tradition had largely died out, the Greek town of Tirnavos, uh, which I had mentioned to you guys, uh, there was a festival. This isn't this isn't the one I was mentioning, but this is another one. Um, has a practice of also carrying out the penises through the town in a parade. So kind of fun. Uh, during the annual celebration of Burani, the townspeople celebrate with phallic food, puppets, hats, pretty much anything else that can easily be made to resemble a phallus. I'm going to end up going there one day, too, just for fun, because, uh, hello, there's puppets and there's penises, and, like, how's it get any better than that? That's what I have to say. And so a lot of depictions of celebrations for penises are not all just, like, braids and whatever, but there are places you can find statues, fountains, all kinds of things in celebration of the sweet, sweet phallus. And especially through India, especially throughout um, Asian cultures, there's great respect and reverence for the penis. And I think it's pretty lovely. I think a lot of men, too, nowadays have had, um, you know, a lot of comparison to their genitals by watching things like pornography. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, self-judgment and loathing and self-criticism going on. And why not have fun and, and Look at fabulous penises, penis celebrations around the world, whether they're giant penises or uh, little penises. But even think about the statue of David. I mean, you look at him. He does not have a large penis, my friends. And it's interesting that 
in some cultures, it was like a big deal to make a giant penis. And it's not that his penis was ripped off. Like the penis that you see on David is actually pretty, unless they've like reconstructed it. Uh, it's pretty much the penis was a, the correct size that was carved uh, all those years ago. Um, and there was, there was, I think it was an English or a French king who got a whole bunch of statues and removed the penises because he had some kind of interesting issue with penises. I can't I saw that on some, some documentary because I watch all the weirdest documentaries in the world and got really fascinated by the fact that somebody would actually buy statues and take the penis off. So it's pretty amazing uh, just to think about all the culture that's been behind genitals for so, so long. And how can we celebrate our genitals? Like, what can we do, right? So um, fun ideas, just like, what if you could actually worship your own genitals? Would you like to make it fancy, make it beautiful? Uh, you know, yourself some... so. You can get these like stickers that you can put on your skin and then be like jewels or beda- you could be, like bedazzle your yoni. You could bedazzle your scrotum, boys. You know, I'd love to see a bedazzled scrotum, actually, if I be like a mosaic design on the scrotum. I'd be fascinated, actually, thinking about that. Now I've got weird floating in my mind. But, you know, to celebrate, celebrate our bodies and spe- especially celebrate parts that we tend to hide or we tend to avoid the most so how can we enjoy our bodies more how can we celebrate them more but especially those hidden parts you know the hiding those genitals so how can we bring them out in the world in a way that doesn't get you arrested and can have you celebrate and if you've never seen it there's a fabulous celebration of of the vulva called the great wall of vagina um and it's an art uh art installation with Oh, I don't know how many hundreds of castings of vulvas. Something to enjoy. You could cast your own, cast your own penis. I know, I have crazy ideas. Guys, I have no idea what next week's topic is going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be um, exciting and crazy as usual. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look super forward to playing with you next week here at Pleasure Zone. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Milica Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.